Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, the Ontario Cannabis Store says a cyber attack uh, faced by one of its uh, logistics partners has left the provincial pot distributor unable to deliver orders to marijuana shops and customers. Emily Joveski has some details for us. The Ontario Cannabis Store says the parent company of its third-party distribution centre, Domain Logistics, has shut down its operations until a full forensic investigation can be completed. That's expected to be completed within the coming days. The OCS says there's no indication that its systems were targeted or its customers' information was compromised during the August 5th attack. Emily Joveski, The Canadian Press, Toronto. Problem here, of course, is now there's a, a, this is a part of the economy. I mean, this is all legal stuff, of course, and there seems to be, uh, well, stop me if you've heard this before, supply chain issues. Uh, and uh, to that point, I want to bring uh, Michelle Eaton into the conversation. Michelle, of course, is the Vice President of Public Affairs with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Michelle, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on, Bill, and indeed, always a pleasure. Well, let's talk a little bit about this. I mean, a lot of industries and businesses are facing supply chain issues, uh, not necessarily because of cyber attacks. But what this does, I guess, Michelle, is really kind of points to uh, maybe a weakness in the system, especially with this industry. Yes, exactly, Bill. There is there's a weakness in the and, a, and we think that there can be some reform when it comes to cannabis in Ontario. Because right now, the Ontario Cannabis Store is the province's only wholesale purchaser and distributor. So that means that uh, a producer and a retailer can't can't do business together. So in a situation like this, um, when there's uh, product uh, stoppages, uh, this hurts both retailers and the producers, particularly those smaller smaller folks that um, aren't, aren't able to, to stop their shelves or don't have a large inventory area. Um, but another problem related to this kind of incident is that having less product availability at legal retail outlets opens up that black market. So there's more there's uh, that risk that illegal operators um, have an opportunity to regain market share. So essentially, you know, there's um, the Auditor General uh, highlighted a number of these issues in 2021. Um, but there's a real issue that cannabis licensed producers and retailers can't have a direct commercial relationship. Um, they should be able to negotiate their own product mixes, prices and delivery terms. And, and I understand, you know, there's a lot of controversy, I guess, when this whole thing was being processed, uh, rightly or wrongly. So I guess, as typical of the government, of course, they probably overreacted and put too many regulations and, and, and checks and balances, I suppose, as well, how they would refer to them. But it's really slowing the whole process down. And, and your point's well taken here. Uh, the customer uh, is not going to tolerate the slowdown. They're simply going to go where they can get easily a- easily access to, to, to the product, which is, as you say, is the black market. And that's really one of the reasons this whole process started in the first place is to try to wean people off the black market. Yeah, and and Bill, listen, uh, you know, it, we're pro-responsible uh, regulation in this industry, uh, but, you know, when this became, cannabis became legal in Canada in 2018, we just, it's such an opportunity. Canada became the first G7 country to legalize the recreational use of cannabis. So it was promising. The business community was excited about this. So now we're approaching our four-year anniversary, and we think more needs to be done to allow the this sector to reach its full economic potential. Uh, Ontario's home to more than half the licensed producers of recreational cannabis in Canada. Um, that's That means employment. 
that means a market share, that means economic opportunities for economic recovery. So that success for that industry will require collaboration amongst government and investors and industry and post-secondary institutions and all of it. Has there been any discussion at all about this at the provincial level, though, Michelle, to say, okay, uh, let's let's review, uh, as they should be doing right now. Basically, they were the ones that, you know, that, that were in charge of this whole process and set up the, the, the standards for it. Uh, I know we've talked to some of the operators and other observers uh, that have been tracking what's going on here, and there have been a lot of bumps in, along the way here, you know, uh, uh, availability of product, accessibility, uh, because of where the stores are, the number of stores, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it sounds to me as if a, some kind of a review to say, okay, how's it going would probably be in order here. Yeah, and I think there's, I mean, I think this government's known, and I think I've said this to you before, Bill, that they're, they, they're known for listening to stakeholders and engaging in proactive conversations and looking ahead. Um, and what I like is their willingness to uh, engage and to revisit positions. So we, we look forward to that continued engagement. Um, uh, and I think that, you know, in a situation like this, like we have an, we have, we released a report in 2019 with guidance about the like implementation because it's a, in, in fairness, it's a, a fairly new industry. Um, and we, we also formed the Ontario Cannabis Policy Council, which is a number of leaders from across, across a number of different in industries. So we've, we've had a, uh, a solid uh, engagement with government and opposition to discuss some of the, the issues or concerns coming from the industry. And what kind of feedback are you getting from them, uh, that, that interaction now? I mean, you guys have been proactive on this. Uh, do you sense that the government has that same mindset? Well, I mean, listen, we've been in a pandemic, so lots happening these yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, and certainly more education is needed in this space. Um, but, uh, you know, continuing that engagement, that dialogue with the industry will continue to be important. Um, and we're hoping to, to be meeting with government soon with our Ontario uh, Cannabis Policy Council. So that's the good news out of this is the province hasn't said, hey, there's no problem here. They, they seem to understand uh, that there has to be some review at some point and some dialogue that's going on. Uh, and, and the big push here, of course, is, is that, as you say, uh, the black market is, is looming there. Uh, and, you know, once people leave the legitimate business and go to the black market, uh, it's awfully hard to, to get them back into the fold once, uh, once everything gets back into normal. So the sooner they, they get this thing done, the better. Uh, and one of the things that you've talked about at the Ontario Chamber, Michelle, to try to uh, ease this transition, I suppose, is, as you say, to smooth the process out. You know, talk to the, to, to the government about this dealership and about this way this, this thing is set up here right now and essentially say, look, maybe there's a step in the process here that doesn't really need to be there anymore, uh, and that's the distribution. Uh, you know, should there be and could there be a direct relationship between the producers and the retailers? Absolutely. Having a direct LP retailer relationship would allow for particularly independent retailers and craft uh, licensed producers to succeed by building their brands and focusing on special area, er, specialty areas for the market. So, for instance, a small craft licensed producer could enter into a long-term supply arrangement with an in independent retailer in Ontario to establish a new product line and, and brand at an exclusive price to to, to that boutique deal or retailer. So this is a model in SAS, Saskatchewan, and it's, it's working there. And I don't think that, to, to go back to your question, Bill, about um, uh, government, um, because I, I, do, I do like the willingness of this government to engage and to, to hear feedback and to iterate, but the Auditor General's report from uh, December 2021 
I mentioned that I mentioned this earlier. They, she uh, uh, devoted one section of analysis um, to uh, the province's spending on cannabis operations. So the audit um, came with a total of 16 recommendations on how businesses like could help uh, improve their operations going forward. Some of the issues flagged by the auditor general were pricing decisions. No form. There's no formal analysis there. Weak data management, which point in case from the security breach um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, which um, we'd love to see movement on inventory struggles. So either a lack of availability um, or inaccurate inventory forecasting, too many products and, and poor customer service. So, you know, we are living in a world where we are struggling with labor. We're struggling with supply chain constraints, the inflation. There's all these things out of our control that are happening right now. So uh, the one thing we've actually seen from this government a lot too is a dedication to cut red tape. So I think there's, um, a lot of room here uh, to look at finding efficiencies in the, within the system that makes sense for the market and makes sense for the government. And and I guess, as you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, probably uh, an admission of the reality here, this is, it, uh, on the surface may look like, well, this is a monopoly. I mean, you know, there's nobody else here. They, it's not a monopoly because the competitor is the black market. And and they're there, and uh, and they're just waiting to, to pounce back into this thing and, and to create more market share. So uh, there there is a sense of urgency, I would think, to try to address this. There is in the black market. I, I believe it was last year that the the legal market finally started getting larger market share than the black market, um, mm -hmm. which is great to see, um, and would love to see more of that because I think it was, it was a, a little bit over fifty percent. Um, so would love to see that continue to reduce. Um, and then there's just such an opportunity for this industry. We see stuff happening in the U.S. Um, and and it, it could be and there's a lot of colleges and universities that provide programs. Um, so it's not just the sector itself. It impacts a lot of other industries. And there's just such an opportunity here. And um, we hope that we see some some change uh, implemented uh, to really support that industry. Exactly. Uh, we'll certainly follow the story and see uh, how the government responds. And uh, the sooner the better, I guess. Michelle, as always, thanks for this. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks, Bill. Have a great day. You too. Michelle Eaton is the uh, VP of Public Affairs for the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.